Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. You could have gone up there. You could still go. No, sweetheart. I'm an old woman now. I would rather he remember me the way I was. How do you know he's still alive? I don't know. Not for sure. But I believe he is. You see, before he came down here, it never snowed. And afterwards, it did. And if he weren't up there now, I don't think it would be snowing. Sometimes. You can still catch me podcasting in it. She did start a podcast she after did. Edward went up to the... We, we know that. Right. That's in the movie. Right. This is Sarah Koenig. <laughs> they don't draw that line directly, but it's right. implied. We know. We right. Know. Yeah. She says, was Anon guilty? <laughs> That's her final line that they cut out because they went like, the audience is... They're not going to get They're this. not ready. They're not ready They're like for that. 20 years ahead of yeah. getting this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. My name's Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. It's a blank check with Griffin and David. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their career, given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce, baby. And this is maybe, I mean, I'm realizing while we're covering this, mm. uh, other than... We're no, talking about Tim Burton. We're talking about the films of Tim Burton. This, this main is series the title. Podward Scissor Cast. Right, and of course, this is the title episode. This is the title episode. I don't think we've uh, ever covered a filmography where it goes this long without a bounce. Well, Cameron, maybe. James Cameron, maybe. But Abyss. Yeah. I mean, Abyss isn't a bounce, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Abyss, in terms of uh, uh, cost, expectations. He, he has he has five without a bounce, though, because Ed Wood is technically right. a bounce. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah. five without a bounce five, is pretty. Five movies in a row to start your career is pretty impressive. Five, five great successes. Yes. Especially because they get, one could argue, progressively weirder and weirder. Yeah. Even though sure. Batman is like a very commercial thing to make a movie about. Right. They're weird movies. Yeah. And then Batman Returns being the weirdest, do you think? Weirder than this? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think maybe. Because I think this movie conforms to the expectations set up by itself. Yeah, no, I, I like, get Like, here is a sad, I, I, I'm with you. tragic I'm with you. I'm with you. fairy tale. Right, whereas Batman right. Returns is just like, well, also, people are evil. Right. But for I'll, two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 What yeah. were you going to say? Well... Uh, it's this is like a Frankenstein movie, so we're yeah we're we're more ready for like a monster to be in a Frankenstein movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw I I rewatched uh, on the special features they had like the promotional featurette mm-hmm. where they went to the mall and they went up to people with a microphone. <gasps> and they oh, were, you mean like after they'd seen the movie? No, like, before. Oh, okay, okay. This was like the EPK they put together to be like people are wondering who is Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> And then oh you see God. them at the mall, and they're like, Edward Scissorhands? It's a good title. Edward Scissorhands? No, I, I ain't ever heard of him. <laughs> like, it's people doing that, and it's like a super cut of, like, 15 of people them. People, like, walking out of JCPenney. But that was their whole take is just like, you've never met a guy like Edward Scissorhands <laughs> before. But they they straight out say it's Tim Burton's modern take on Frankenstein. Right, right, right. Like, they went as far as they could without saying it's Tim Burton remaking Frankenstein. But then the other part of that was the poster for this movie was like him with the butterfly looking like he was about to cry. And the tagline is an uncommonly gentle man. Well, 
there's well, okay. Well, there's this, there's this that is the sort of Burton invites you. Oh, sure. That's to, the one that I thought had the butterfly, but I think that was photoshopped later butterfly. for the DVD. Right. And okay. then the uncommonly gentleman one is the one it's where he's with sure. uh, Winona. Right. So what's the tagline on that on the one that's him in profile? Is there the not the director one? of Batman and Beetlejuice invites you to meet? I think after creation. Beetlejuice, you're ready yeah. to. I think audiences are ready. I think that's a pretty good tagline to just go yeah, from the like, director oh, of oh, Batman so like, and Beetlejuice. So it's like another. It's like another kooky. It's like, one of those. wild hair. There was yeah. also right. There was the haircut themed poster. That poster is Edward crazy. was here. Yeah. I've never seen that poster in my life. Uh, I believe there's two of them. There's the one with the haircuts, and then there's the one with the like topiary. Yeah, they really kind of sold this as a comedy. Sure. And also a Christmas movie, which it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're right. I mean, uh, uh, th- this is the main thing we've been talking about in this miniseries is how much, uh, uh, how quickly Tim Burton established himself as like a clear brand that people yes, got. Right. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. And it, uh, yeah, just like, oh, another one of those. Right. Yeah, which was surprising because he is so esoteric. It was weird that yeah, he's but once that you get it, you get it. It's like once way. you pick up the uh, his language, yeah, you can you can understand what, what the rules of his universe. I think that if anything, mm-hmm. this might have caught people of guard because it was so sweet. I think that yes. was the thing. Yeah, this right. was less the name ironic. suggests a horror movie. Sure, the right. name suggests yeah. a horror movie, right. and uh, Beetlejuice was gonna spooky. Batman yes. was spooky in its own way, and this one wasn't spooky. This is so kind and sweet. It's yes. like a, it's like a children's a, movie. A, a very sincere children's film. Now, here's yeah. here's my transition. I feel like you have carved out a similar niche for yourself in comedy. As Tim Burton? As the Tim Burton of comedy. As the Tim Burton of comedy. I I don't know. I, I think I keep thinking of uh, how fun it would be for say, like a Lorelai Ramirez to revisit. Sure. Uh, I, I fantasize with a, a Beetlejuice remake starring Lorelai Ramirez. She would do a good job. Our guest today, of course, <laughs> is Julio Torres. Hi. Uh, comedian. Hello, uh, you've written for Saturday Night Live and you have your own show that's coming down the pipeline now. Oh, which is... Los Spookies. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a spooky show. It's is a it little... Spooky it's, show? A, it's a it's gently a, spooky show. Right, it's a kind of like a, a horror-themed comedy. Yes. Yeah. It's not a horror comedy, but much like Tim Burton, it's a comedy using in that world, right? Yeah. The world yeah. of horror and spooks, right? Um, I'm definitely not as interested in Christmas as Tim Burton is. No, Tim Burton I, is no. obsessed with Christmas. He likes Christmas a lot. He does like. And Christmas this in returns are back to back. These are two Christmas two movies Christmas movies in a row. Um, no, um, but but I feel like you, I, you know, you you had this like uh, uh, very sort of meteoric rise. Where, like, I feel like the second you started performing, people were like, oh, that's what he's doing. And it was a similar thing to Tim Burton. Uh, I'm not saying you directed Batman, but uh, mm. where you you have, like, a very specific, like, universe that you build around your comedy, I think. Well, which is what I like about directors like Tim Burton. Yeah. Where it's, like, uh, Beetlejuice and... Scissor hands are just I mean, yes, they're they're rooted in in, you know, Frankenstein and these other stories, but they're uh I like the the idea of 
uh, audiences being like, "What? what is that? And then that right. becoming a Halloween costume for the rest of the time. Sure, sure. That is just my biggest dream is to create something where, uh, you know, like liberal arts students all right. over sure. dress up as that. And people are like, what is that? And then they sort of explain and they're like, oh, yeah, I think I saw that. People sell unlicensed fan art shirts on Zazzle. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Oh, my God. Do you find so now that you've like you've uh, created a TV show, uh, which, which got, does not exist yet, which doesn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you find yourself trying to put stuff in pointedly in the hopes that like, oh, this will be something that someone could easily make into a Halloween costume? Uh, I think that, uh, with, with, there, there are a couple of opportunities. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There are a couple of opportunities there. No spoilers. Yeah. So this movie. Edward Scissor. I was very surprised digging into this. Uh, I've been very surprised by the timeline, the development of his movies, because it was different than I thought it was. Okay. But he comes up with this pitch. Beetlejuice was later. Yes, no, Beetlejuice is second. Whoa. And he comes up with this pitch while he's developing Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. So all he's done is Pee-wee. Beetlejuice was a script that Warner Brothers has. And while he's working on Beetlejuice, he's like, I got this other idea. This was apparently in the most, like, Tim Burton origin story ever. He had just made this drawing when he was 16 years old. Right. And Beautiful. he held on to this drawing forever and was like, that's Great. probably a movie. Like, right? a slender boy. Yeah, with scissor hands. <laughs> All black with scissor. I feel right. like this. The, the hands are sort of, yes. he's holding them like this. He's holding well, them well, down. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the blades are always down because he's yes. gentle and he's aware. Right. He's afraid of, of, of hurting of his anyone. Power, so right. He's, right, but he looks like a begging dog. Yeah. Yes. I was taken yeah. by how much uh, this character feels like a dog watching this movie. Oh, sure. I didn't like see a that. very timid little like toy sized dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like his whole vibe and his like body language and all of that. My father has a very neurotic dog and I just kept on watching this <laughs> and being like, this is like scruffy. Newman. Also, also like a like a dog. Uh, so much of the tension with playing yes. with the dog is right. whether or not the dog will attack. Right. Right. There's that. It's there's like that whether sort of or not thing. the dog will lose it. And yes, uh, because the dog has the power of really hurting you. Right, and not understanding how things work and getting scared easily yes. by everything, but then yeah. also sometimes lashing out or not understanding some power, all that that sort of stuff. Yeah. But he said that Edward Scissorhands was like, you know, he's a doodler. He's a watercolor guy. He's always got his little notebook on mm-hmm. him. And he had drawn this of just like, this is how I feel. Sure. When he was 16. It was like the original Tumblr page was Tim <laughs> right. Burton's notebook. Yeah. But he invented Tumblr here, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, I mean that's yeah. what this is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this this run of the first five films is sort of him inventing. But this one more than anything, because yeah. this one doesn't have a plot otherwise. Like, sure. you know, anyway, we'll keep talking, keep talking. I'm sorry. Well, this is We're like getting ahead of myself. hashtag TFW the movie. Sure, sure. It's it's any of those things. Right. It's whatever you want to say about, you know, a sad youths of the 90s and 2000s. Right. He sort yeah. of crystallized. He's like, I'm going to, you know, I don't think this was what he set out to do. Sad I, suburban youth. You know, it's I, sort of a. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And obviously, you know, of a middle class, you know, sort of upbringing and everything. But I think it was like, uh, he was like, I want to make a movie about how I feel weird. And then he ended mm-hmm. up making something that pretty universally spoke to just like a feeling of weirdness that people could just sort of like map onto whatever. Because the character is so uh, uh, otherworldly and uh, dog-like. Um, also, I love that it's never it's clearly established what exactly Edward is, right? Right, yeah. We don't know that he's... 
I mean, there's some suggestion that he's some sort of like reanimated, but it's also could have been just a guy. Or or that he's a robot He was experimented on. Because the only thing you see is that there's the book, uh, Vincent Price's book, where you see the wind flipping through the pages and the stages of it. Right. But you never get a sense of what his... Uh, I, I think, mean, do we? Do we? No, he's like a, a construct of right. some kind. I, I like, he, he right? Can I don't eat know. food. He can eat food. He's like kind a of human. Interesting. Right. He can bleed. Like, right. Did, does he bleed? Yeah, because he cuts himself. He yeah, cuts he himself, but does he bleed? Yeah, there's a little yeah. you know, spot of blood. right? Oh, because right okay. that's one reason um, Diane Weiss is so nice to him. Yeah, oh, right. Yes. The first yeah. time he nicks himself in front of her. Um, yeah. But he he takes this drawing. I mean, he, I guess he's starting to set himself up and realize people might might be buying into what I'm selling. He mm-hmm. goes to Warner Brothers. He's like, "Look, I got this drawing. I'd like to make a movie out of it." And they're like, "Cool, let's put that on the back burner. Work on Beetlejuice." Um, and he was developing it. Yeah. And uh, and then Warner Brothers was like, "I don't know if this is like." How much money can we put into this fucking thing? He also mm-hmm. hires Caroline Thompson. Here's to write Caroline it. Thompson. Yeah. Caroline yeah. Thompson was a novelist. She had written a book about an aborted baby that comes back to life mm-hmm. and her whole kind First of thing. Born, I believe yes. it's called. Yes. Which uh, I believe Penelope Spheris was trying to make into a movie for a long time. Yeah. She had optioned it, hired Caroline Thompson to adapt her own script. Yeah. Never got made, but then people started having her write other scripts. Right. Uh, adapt other things or adapt her own stories or write spec scripts based off of ideas because I think mm-hmm. they said, oh, this is this person who's got this weird childlike whimsy combined with like grounding it in a human situation. Can you tie him down and do an ABC? Right. I think that was the notion. Script. Can we get someone yeah. who has basic storytelling fundamentals yeah. to take emotionally what he's talking about? He meets with her and she says – he was the most articulate person I'd ever met who was incapable of stringing together a single I, sentence. I was, I was going to give you that quote. Yeah, it's a good quote. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're saying, Julio, is like the idea of like, okay, can you filter what he's saying into something that like makes sense to people? Um, you know, because Beetlejuice rules, but it's also not a particularly emotional movie. No. And Batman, which at this point isn't happening, hasn't happened yet, is more no. of an action movie. Pee-wee is like a sketch movie. I think they were like, can you make this guy tell an emotional story? Can you make characters that he cares yeah. about? So Warner Brothers just says, we're, we're not interested. Gives up the movie. Let's Fox pick it up. Then he makes Batman. And then like the day after Batman comes out, yeah. Fox is like, cool, we'll make Edward Scissorhands tomorrow. Right. But also mm-hmm. every other studio is like, if you want to make a movie, like, let us know. Right. And so he did kind of have his pick of the litter, but he's like, I want to do Edward Scissorhands right now. Right. Like, yeah. Well, we're going to He jumps straight into it, comes out the year after Batman. Right. Um, he's got this list of the actors he wants to do it. Fox wanted him to hire Tom Cruise. Right. Tom Cruise for Scissorhands? Correct. He oh meets God. with Tom Cruise and he no. goes- didn't go over very well. No. Apparently Tom Cruise had a, for he a needs happy a sensitive boy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And Tom Cruise at this point is all about winning. Yeah. He Well, he's just done like, or he's about to do Born on the Fourth of July because right. that's 89. Days of yeah. Thunder. Did, well, sure. Yeah. He's in, he's in that pocket. And then the other people. Because well, he said, sees Tom Cruise as like the, the boyfriend, the blonde boyfriend character. Probably. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Which it's so fucking funny that Chase it's or Bryce Michael or whatever Hall in this movie. Yeah. It is crazy. It's that thing, right? Anthony right. Michael Hall having been the dweeb for five odd years, right? In in uh, various John and Hughes Breakfast movies. Breakfast Club's eighty six. Is it that? Like what oh, year is I didn't his even last realize that was him. John Hughes movie in relation to this? I think there's only it's like- eighty five, and then Weird Science is eighty five too. Okay. Yeah. 
And he weirdly has only been in two movies since then, Out of Bounds and Johnny B. Good, neither of which are, you know, right. hits. Right, but Johnny B. But Good was the start of him trying to be Jock because right, he plays right. like a, a fucking quarterback in that, right? Yes. There's that amazing interview with uh, Anthony Michael Hall after he's done the John Hughes movies, after he's become the youngest ever cast member on Saturday Night Live. After being in the teen films, he was on Saturday Night Live when he was 16 or 17. Sure, I, yeah. Yeah, I can look it up. And then he did, like, he went on, like, MTV News and was wearing sunglasses. <laughs> and they went, like, was, so, I think he was 19, 18 or 19. Go okay. on, go on. They went, how do you feel about playing all these nerd characters? And he goes, nah, nah, man, nah, nah, don't use the N word in front of me. <laughs> no. And he says it that way. He's like, nah, man, don't use the N word. Wow. Right. Yeah. I think he was also, like, in the, you know, a lot of 80s young star. He was like an alcoholic by the age of like 18. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he had like drinking and drug problems from a young because it's you're yeah. in the soup. You're in this, you know, but I think Brat he, pack soup. I think he thought of himself as a serious character actor. OK, he had met with Stanley Kubrick about doing full metal jacket. Sure. And then I think he felt so um, self-conscious about being pigeonholed into the nerd thing that then he went so hard in the other direction. Right. And was like, I'm just going to play humorless bros. But he does play. Uh, this is great. He's oh, he's great so in this. Well, he's, he is yeah. good in this. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy that it's the same person only like five years later. I know. Yeah. Because yeah. he looks like two feet taller. Uh, he does. He looks yeah. huge. Well, that's yeah. those low Tim Burton angles. angles. It's, <laughs> right, right. it's a lot of low he's angles. It's a lot of low yeah. angles in this movie, especially with this character. Because yes. it's like you see it from from like, you know, Sister Hand's point of view who feels smaller than him. Right. And, and and Winona is like uh, two foot one. Winona's not a tall woman. She's a little Thumbelina lady. Yeah. She, um, she seems statuesque in this yes, film. Yes, she does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the other people that Tim Burton was apparently interested in were like uh, Gary Oldman. Oldman passed. Right. Hanks passed. Right. I mean, they were going to like all the big leading uh, men. Hanks, and- Hanks passed to do Bonfire of the Vanities, I believe. Yeah, I mean, but you could call still for all involved. Sure. Oldman actually, right, there's a quote from him where he was like, I didn't get it. And then when I saw the movie, like two minutes in, I was yeah. like, oh, I get it. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. now I get it. Like, he just needed to see, like, what Burton was doing. And he yeah, was the like, PDF was not convincing. The sure. script made no sense to him, but once he saw it, he made sense to him. I mean, this, that's great. That's the best kind of thing. Oh, right. yeah. This movie doesn't uh, work if the character is that much of a grown man. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you're It'd right. It'd be really creepy. Um, if it was Hanks or Oldman or any of them, like Cruz was the right age, but is the wrong energy. You get why they like wanted Hanks because they're like, um, he's our biggest star. He can do anything. He can do comedy or drama. The idea of someone like Gary Oldman who's like, oh, he transforms himself. He's a chameleon. Right, he gets right, into right, it. Right, right. But you kind of need someone who has a blank slate in terms of their relationship to the audience at this point. The way that Johnny Depp. Did. Yeah. Because he was just, oh, that pretty boy. Yeah. Like, it, people didn't really have much of a take on him other mm-hmm. than, like, oh, he's like a heartthrob. He's on a TV show. He's on a TV show. He's gotten killed in a couple movies. Sure. Uh, Edward, uh, you know. Uh, Platoon and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. He right. He you know, another scissor-handed man. But I don't think there was any sort of sense of, like, oh, that's the Johnny Depp vibe. Which then no. he cultivates too hard. Sure. Yeah, then he. Right. That becomes his name. But I think at this point, it was like casting like Jai Courtney or whatever. It's like, oh, they cast some like hunky guy. Or like DiCaprio or someone like that. Maybe. But yeah. DiCaprio was like, like so slender, much. pretty. Yeah. DiCaprio, I feel like hit the ground running is like, oh, he's like a serious actor. 
Like he's like this serious child mm-hmm. actor. I mean, he does growing pains, but then it's like Gilbert right. Grape. You're like, this is this very committed 15 year old. Right, right, that's true. The the same year, so and in, in April, yeah, and Edward Scissorhands is in December, I think. Mm-hmm. He did Cry Baby, the John Waters movie. Okay. And then after this, he does not do a movie for three years. Crazy. And he, then he does Benny in June. Yeah. And What's Eating Gilbert Grape, speaking of DiCaprio. So this is the year he picks like two subversive directors and is and like, has, I want to mock well, my... Not only that, and has yeah. quit 21 Jump Street, right. which goes on without him. And if he had any reputation at this point, it was that he was a brat on 21 Jump Street. Like sure. all the stories were like, he hated the show. Right. And he'd come on set wearing stupid costumes so that they try to fire him. Like he would mm-hmm. like... He was constantly trying to get kicked off the show because he thought it was dumb. Um, and yeah, and then I think everyone thought it was strange that he was doing this. Sure. And then and then know. this yeah. uh, made, made his career. It made his career. For better yeah, or worse. Totally. This is like, I mean, this kind of becomes like the thing. Uh, and I feel like so much of his reputation back, because it is uh, easy to forget that for like, 13 years or so, he felt like he was like the artiest of the movie stars. Yes. Until Pirates, he is the one where you almost don't understand how he still gets to be a movie star. Right. Because right. he only makes weird movies and most of them didn't they don't do really well. make a lot of money. This was kind right. of his yeah. only hit until Pirates. Basically, yes. And he's like, I think Donnie Okay. Only commercial hit. Yeah, only yeah, commercial yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Brasco like, is really the only other Critics one. liked him, but he never got nominated for Oscars or no. anything. And then right, he'd like, right. you do these interviews and he'd be chain smoking. He's sort of like, a, yeah, he sort of occupies that same well, space as you're, you're like Angelica Houston's. But he, <laughs> right. he, he was, was the Angelica, Angelica Houston. Houston yeah. Yeah. Yes, he also, he would only, he was, you know, he dated Winona Ryder and it was like, it was a real like teen beat kind of relationship. It was a huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the it couple for the weirdos. couple in the early 90s. You know what would be the equivalent if like, they hired Cole Sprouse now. Sure, yes, that's that's what it's like. And, yeah. and then any and, and he knocked it out of the park, right? right. Like and yeah, he was right. amazing. And everyone yeah. was like, and oh. it's like and like this good. this kid who's like his Instagram is not selfies, but they're like very <laughs> very like beautiful photography of cacti, right. right? And and he's in this like big teen show that you get the sense yes. of like, does he does think it, he's right. smarter? And, right, and, right, yeah, yeah. That, I think that was the whole thing. Was like, does Johnny Depp think he's better than the show? Is he actually better than it, or is he just right. a brat? Right. What proof is there he can actually act? And also, he's just so pretty right. at the time that I think he has the automatic judgment of like, well, he's a pretty boy. Like, what does he know? He's just got the chin, like, and the and they're very much putting him through like all the magazine pieces and all the photo shoots and, and all he's that stuff. Smoking which he, like, cigarettes hates. and being like, I fucking um, right. you know. So he seems pretty right. Right. He's wearing weird. Shit, you know. I mean, there's, you know, the thing he dates Winona and then immediately gets the tattoo. He also, well, when they break up, Winona Forever. Well, it was Winona oh, Forever, yeah, oh, you mean, right, and right, then he yeah, changed yeah, it to right. Winona Forever. But I think there was that thing of. Like, he also dated Jennifer Grey and Sherilyn Fenn. He dated like every right. cool girl yeah. of the early nineties, yeah. like right, you know. And he was married when he was like a baby. Yeah, and they got divorced like before he even joined Twenty One Jump Street. Right, right. He was like, married and divorced by like twenty. That that mm-hmm. whole thing. He yes. kind of had the like passionate rock star poet right. like sort of, you know, kind of uh, uh vibe around him. And then this performance is just like uh uh completely egoless. Sure, right. Totally. And and is some of the most sort of like committed like physical comedy. Yeah. Right. It's Chaplin-esque. Like yeah, four lines. Yeah, right. And and watching it it, it is just like 
when people apply Chaplin S to things, there rarely is a character that is this sort of when people simple apply and Chaplin elemental. S to things, they mean that they're quiet. I feel like I feel like that's right. usually right. Like that's usually why people would say. Or you they know, have with the like, um uh another performance that is sort of in the the same school mm-hmm. of of performing that I saw last year that I loved. One of my favorite performances on film. Can't wait for this. Uh, Winnie the Pooh. In the Christopher Robin. Oh, oh yeah, agreed. So so a hard much. Hard agree. So. Oh, oh my, god. my god, he said so little. Just the uh, the, the, the Winnie's acting choices. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of like his little paw through the fields, <laughs> and just like oh the, my god, that movie is so good. The god, his yeah. sadness in not understanding why sitting on honey. Yes. Was disruptive. Right. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I, I, what a gorgeous I, I like when they're walking him through the train station and he says, why is he in a cage? Yes. About the ticket why constructor. Why is he in a cage? And he wants a balloon and he just wants a balloon. He just wants a balloon. I, I saw that movie with our friend Rebecca Bolness. I have a lot to learn acting-wise from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I mean, he's the master. Yeah. He's the master. And he's been making it look effortless for 60 years. <laughs> yes. But uh, I saw the movie, the lights came up and I turned to her and my first thought was like, I forgot that Winnie the Pooh is my favorite comedian. He's very funny. Yes. Where it was just He's like that, brilliant. that movie so captures like when I would like read those books or watch the cartoons and just bust a gut. And I was those like, one-liners. no one's yeah. a better joke writer than Pooh. Yeah. yeah. Pooh is the sharpest joke writer in the biz. Oh, Pooh. But then that movie adds like the winsomeness. That's the thing that links him up with Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Is Pooh feels weirdly sad in that movie. Pooh feels weirdly sad. He's Pooh out of place sad. in the same way yeah. because of the whole... Chris Robin growing up. Yeah. There's not really a zone for him. They've all spread out. He's sort of just like a, a bear living in a tree by himself, not talking to anybody. Yeah. When I was young and I saw this movie for the first time, and I remember resisting watching it for a while. I, Scissorhands? Oh, Scissorhands. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I resisted watching Winnie the Pooh, uh, in, uh, Chris Robin, until it came out. Right. Sure. Right. Uh, and then I saw it opening weekend. Um, uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands I'd gotten so deep into Burton and I held off on watching this one it was maybe one of the last ones I watched what? you're like I can't become that I was very <laughs> I scared cannot give by in. it I was genuinely scared when I was a kid I knew what Edward Scissorhands was and everyone did because we all talked yeah. about it in the playground because it's such a good name it's that was like the iconic thing. immediately yeah. yes. but I didn't see it I guess until I was a little older but I, I thought out. it was scary it came out 90 90, 90. oh yeah. okay yeah. see I just remember it being one of those boxes in the video store that scared me yes yeah because the scars and the yeah yeah and and the fact that he does look so sad and haunted and scary right like it wasn't I knew that he wasn't a villain I knew it wasn't a monster movie in a traditional I sense I thought it was a monster movie. but I was like he looks scary and it this looks sad I sure. think this movie, they're selling it about his loneliness, and I don't want to experience that. Okay, uh-huh. so when do you see Edward Scissorhands? I probably see it when I'm maybe nine or ten. Oh, okay. You're but still pretty young. I, yeah, I'm still pretty young. But I'm saying like seven or eight, I got really into Burton, and this was the last one I had watched mm-hmm. on VHS. And then became obsessed with it and watched it like obsessively. Uh, I hadn't seen it probably in ten or twelve years, and watching it okay. last night, I realized it's one of those movies I still probably know every word to because I watched it too much in middle school. But... Um, <laughs> I do remember when it started, A, I was I was so nervous, like sitting watching a VHS in my living room by myself. Because you felt it was bad in some way? No, waiting for him to appear. It felt like uh-huh. the looming threat because yeah. you have like the happy suburban town. And as a kid, if I ever watched horror movies or movies that had mild thriller elements or any of that, 
I would just be like, oh, fuck, this is the part where it's going to stop being the setup and the scary stuff's going to happen. Yes. Like, yeah. I always like the part Dreading where the, night. the Dreading teenagers darkness. were hanging out, and I was like, it's safe, nothing scary is going to happen, I'm fine. Yet. And then the second the monster's introduced, I'm like, now I'm stressed out for the rest of the movie. Yeah. This is, I, I also dislike horror films. You just dislike it. In general. I currently, I currently sure. feel that way. Okay. Still, yeah. to this day. Yes. Do you think that's part of why you like sort of like repurposing spooky stuff and making it funny? Uh, I, I like the, it's more of a, I like mystery more than I like scary. Sure. sure. And I like, um, the unknown strangeness and the right. unknown more right. than I, more than I like, I, I jump scare as I can. Yeah. I don't like a jump scare either. Um, but I was about this. I was going to say when yeah. I was watching it, it was the same thing when I was a kid. Anytime I saw anything with a clown where I was like, I, I can't, oh, I don't no. want to, I don't want to watch the part where they're right. going to be mean to the clown. Yeah. I like because which I know be mean to the yes. clown. Like, oh I, my god, that's such a coming. beautiful uh, dread to have. Yeah. I really hated. You didn't like, want them to be mean to the clown. David always related to clowns. I oh, wow. seriously like did not like it. Like you know, yeah. I would watch Weird. these like little. There was this. Um, I don't know if they still exist anymore. The paper bag players. Oh if, yeah, you kidding me? Yeah, they still going. I don't know. I used to go to those shows all right? the time. Remember? They were like a Classic weird, Upper West Side yes. kid a thing weird to do. Upper West Side Children's Theater Company. Yeah, they were uh-huh. adults, but they did shows for, for kids. shows. They yeah. wrote a new review every year, and the bit was that like the costumes, the sets, and the props were all made out of like paper bags. Right. right. They were like uh, big uh-huh. brown paper bags, and they'd be like, I gotta get my car. And they would often have clowns, and right. the clown would be the butt of the joke or whatever, you know what right. I mean? Okay. Right. And and I just like when paper I was a kid, I was like, players. I can't stand wow. this. I can't leave the yeah. fucking clown alone. Wow. You know, and Edward Sands is the same. Whereas once he enters, I'm like, leave him alone. You just know they're going to be mean to him eventually. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, obviously, Diane is going to be nice. But apart from that, I'm like, oh, God, everyone's going to turn on Edward. Like, as the audience, he is so protective of him. Yeah. And you're so also relieved. Like, I, I also rewatched it in. So relieved that the dad is nice. Oh my yeah. god! There's Arkin is so, so good many opportunities for yeah. for that to not be the case, right? Well, it's, I mean, yeah. so relieved that he is like at worst mildly condescending. Yeah, at worst he's an '80s dad where he's like, "You need to get a job and stuff. It's yeah. good to be responsible." I love like, that he just loves him and is just like, "What do you mean? I talk to him like a normal person. Right, like he right. doesn't even." Yeah, Edward, listen. Yeah, right. Ed. Ed, 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 yeah, yeah, right. But I just love that he approaches him like he has Edward Scissorhands has the exact same frame of reference as he does, <laughs> right. and then yes. he can start any conversation with like, yeah. "So you see the game last night?" <laughs> um, but that opening shot so of Edward, you know, when Diane Weiss finds him, where he's so small, and the this you know, is where I start freaking the fuck out. Uh, uh-huh. the, the perspective of yeah. the the building that you know the set like makes him look yeah. even smaller, and he's just so like wounded looking. You're like. That's when, as a kid, and now, I'm just yeah. like, oh, God, leave Edward alone. Well, and here's my other thing. I wasn't worried about uh, her messing up with, messing up his life. Cause, no, no, no. Weist, you're, you're, dude you're, doesn't have much life to mess up well, at this point. Well, also, you just you, you just trust Diane Weist, like, so yes. completely. Giving one of from, the most right, yeah. relaxing performances. She's so fucking good. Oh, relaxing is a very good Right? Like, I just think, adjective for I that. love her in general, but her, her entire demeanor, you know her that she's voice on screen, is so well applied Everything here. will be just fine. Yeah. She's yeah. just got such an incredible energy in this thing. And we, you know, Tim Burton is not always the best with his female characters, 
is very mm-hmm. prone to turning them into sort of just fetish well, objects. Win- Winona or in this is a little bit of a pure cipher. ice angels, yes. yeah, right? right, right. Uh-huh. But but this character is so fucking good, and I was watching it trying to divorce. I mean, obviously, this is a movie that's written by a woman. Well, by oh, a written woman. by a woman. Written by one woman. Yes, Caroline um, Thompson. Yeah, but but also I think uh, Weist adds a lot to it. I mean, th- yes. there's so much nuance to every one of her reaction shots, where mm-hmm. you see her playing. The, her processing the enormity of Edward's life with yes. every new detail that's revealed. Well, and yeah, that first exchange they have where she's like, well, you know, where are your parents right. or whatever? And, and he's like, my dad fell asleep and didn't wake up. And she's just like, oh. And then like, well, you should come right. with me. Right, right. And yeah. she, like, you see like 16 different thoughts go across her face right. and she doesn't let him see any of them. But that was the moment where I start freaking out for that reason where I was like, okay, he's scary. He's hiding her in the shadows. But then I immediately started having like, an existential panic over, like, thinking about what his life was up until that point. Right. I'm like, so he's, like, 20? He's never left this house? Mm-hmm. The guy's been dead for how long? He can't touch anything? Yeah. He keeps on cutting himself? Yeah. Like, just that sort of solitude made me, like, so deeply sad. But then the movie, like, becomes such a fun world because of how quickly everyone like uh, warms to him when rewatching it as an adult mm-hmm. i was shocked and so amused by the fact that this mansion is at the very end of their street yes. i know like is just visible. Visible. their universe is so hermetic yeah. is if you could you people are living next to it yes. and have never wondered <laughs> thought about it yeah. thought about it like well, what's going it on up the, there and it is necessity of running out of houses to sell makeup in right 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 that, that takes her, her one foot away but That's into a, this completely this setup, other world and yeah. i love that i love that um because i mean it's it's a very like storybook device oh, yeah. like Oh, these people are so involved in in their own lives that have never questioned what's at the end of the right the street. I also just love the idea of like it's like it, to make a world so aggressively normal, all the weirdness had yes. to be like clustered somewhere, and that's what created this place. Yeah, it's like they shoved it all to the side, and Vincent Price was just like, "I'll live here then," you know, just walked into a mansion. Well, I I think I've said this before in different contexts, but. Uh, he grew up in Burbank. He yes. said this movie is largely influenced by his upbringing in Burbank yes. and how outside he felt in uh-huh. this very like conventional sort of suburban community. But the other thing that apparently they claim deeply influenced this movie is uh, his time at California Institute of Arts, the college I dropped out of. Mm. And yeah, on- what's it called? Paradise or whatever? Uh, Valencia, California. Okay, well, Paradise is a different place yeah. than California. But uh, on the tour, when I was like, Dad, I want to go here. This is the Tim Burton College. Because I went there because Tim Burton went oh there. Oh, my God. Uh, they said on the tour, and they were like, have any of you seen the movie Edward Scissorhands? And then everyone like raised their hand and like gasped. And they were like, so, rumor has it, Tim based the film on his experiences here being a weird kook on top of a mountain. With this creepy suburban town that feared him down below. Wait, is the creepy suburban town Sorry, the actual creepy town? Creepy is the wrong term. Yes. Or but, the or or did he feel like he was the one weird student and the other was were like blissfully normal? This is where the metaphor doesn't totally track because it's right. like a school. Is it full flattering of, to the school or is it not? Is my question. I'd argue it's not. Right. No. I would argue be. it's not, and it was uh, it was really clear foreshadowing that I didn't pick up on about why I shouldn't go there. Uh huh. 
But like the school's on top of a mountain like that. Oh, I see. And it's a weird building and it kind of has that relationship to the rest of the city, mm-hmm. which is otherwise like closed off, identical cookie cutter housing communities. Got it. And anytime you would like leave the campus, which was like a tiny bubble, and go down into Valencia proper, everyone would look at you like, Ugh. like the townspeople hated the art the townspeople. students. People, the townspeople, the they townspeople. have pitchforks, <laughs> right? So he made like a, that. That's apparently a thing that influenced this movie was how terrified he felt of how sure. terrified everyone sure. was of him. And he wanted to shoot it in Burbank, but Burbank at this point had changed too much, become mm-hmm. too urban, I think. Uh, and so they shot it in Lutz. Florida, mm-hmm. home of past and future guest Sonia Soraya, oh. a, a great a Tampa suburb. Okay, which I'm sure now, in its own right, is probably too like you know. There's been too much; mm-hmm. uh, it's been built up too much or whatever. But at the time, looks just like a picture perfect '60s American suburb. Yeah, and they tell a really good line here of it being like heightened and stylized without being like wackadoo Dr. Seuss suburbs. Sure, right. I mean, it gets there with the haircuts. Yeah, yes. the, the haircuts makes it But he has Dr. to convert Seuss, it. Like full on who's right. by the end of it. <laughs> I like that architecturally, I guess, all the houses look normal. He's just like a lot of control over the color scheme. A lot of control over the... I mean, it looks eerie. It looks... Yeah. I And I forgot about how eerie the, the quote-unquote normal people in the movie right. are. Um, but what else is important? Yeah, I mean, gonna do. Uh, he, he's terrified of them. You got to make the normal right. people look even creepier than the creepy. Also, people. I forgot that it was a period piece. Yeah, right. It is. It is set in the sixties, right? Is it? Yeah, the art direction very much suggests sixties. If it, I, I just right? always sort of took it as not being set in any particular Timeless. time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like that. The art they're direction. They're all wearing. They're all wearing the clothes and the, yeah. The, I'm trying to think. Do they yeah, make the any? diner? Well, I'm trying to think of Winona. Right. Like, does she have anything on her walls? Because she's or? a hip youth. She is a hip youth. She's a hip. She youth. has a water bed. She has a water bed. Just sort of 70s of her. I guess maybe 70s more, and that was his upbringing. Yeah, maybe it was just an art director. I don't know. Yeah. Choice yeah. I don't know. Well, let's talk about the uh, wait. Who did the art? It's Bo, Bo, Welch. Bo Welch, right? Bo Welch. And the, and Colleen did the costumes. Colleen. Well, so let's. We should talk about of Colleen course. for a little bit. Colleen Atwood, to be clear. Uh, uh, you're a big fan of her work. I am, yeah. When we decided we were gonna do this, and we were come up with a list of people we wanted to ask uh, be on the show, I said, oh, 100% we should ask Julio because he'll be able to speak at length about Colleen Atwood. And I don't I, know that he'll be able to speak at well, length. Well, then I messaged I you a, about it, yes, and I said, I'd yes, love for you to come on this. as our resident Colleen Atwood expert, and you got very, like, scared. Oh, yes, because I, I know her work, and I like her work, but I don't. It's but but that's uh, the full extent of what I'm looking yeah. for. It's not like it's not like I want you to like un, unspool a well, ring. I guess we're more like, asking for right. your your relationship to the Burton movies in general, right? And yeah. she's just such a. This is her first collaboration with him, but she becomes just such a part of the. What has uh, she done DNA. before this? Um, you, you know, with the laptop. I have the laptop. Yeah, yeah, look yeah. It up, dude. Married to the Mob, which is a great fucking yeah. movie. Yeah, uh, but no, not much like Manhunter, but like n- nothing mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, what an insanely designed movie. She hadn't made a movie that was this stylized up yeah. until this point. Sure. I love the, uh, I mean, there's so many fun choices like the, uh, when when Edward is uh, frantically and like un- um, uh, pruning the roses, we don't mm-hmm. know wearing a rose sweater. Yeah. And like some of those are like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that such on the nose choices can be made. Well, and also you look at the original drawing and I feel like up until this point, Tim Burton had the way he would draw things and then someone would come in and go like, okay, but we can't make something that looks like this and would try to convert it a little more into the real world. Mm -hmm. And it feels like she was the first person who made someone who just looked 
100% like a living Tim Burton drawing. Right. And he was like, oh, right. cool. So now I'm done. It's like you and I forever. Let's ride off into the sunset. Right. Um, I, I love how much, uh, how many different like uh, textures there are on his suit. That it isn't just like, you know, it's as opposed to like, black, he's black, not just in like black vinyl. And some right, of it's yeah. matte and some of it's shiny and some of it's coarse and some right. of it's textured. I like the neck straps. Then you're very into fashion. I'm yes. getting into fashion, Julio. You, you, yeah, chokers. You should wear chokers. I, I mean, it's it's great. I'm I took notes because I'm starting a fashion line this year. Oh, and great! I mm-hmm. Definitely, I picked up a lot of things off of his costume. A so, scissor hands inspired. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I feel like jumpsuits are pretty big these days, they right? And he's yes. sort of wearing a jumpsuit. Definitely looking. Well, good. he's wearing, and he can't take it off, right? He right. can't take he that can't, layer off. Impossible to remove it, right? Yeah, because yeah, he wears his normal clothes over it. That's the weird implication is that maybe the flesh was supposed to be placed over that. No, if I he had been that, finished. No, I my understanding was just more that's the kind of material that will do him. best yeah. with sure. his hands. Yes. Oh, interesting. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 That'll like it will keep up mm-hmm. with with him if he's rubbing on it versus like cloth, which he would just tear up. I, I do love That's the fundamental point. conceit we have to buy into in this movie where it's like a brilliant scientist who can make anything decides to make his own living creature and just for a transitional stage, he's going to have scissors. Right. Well, that's – I watching it as a child, yeah. I, I, I always thought that the Tim um, – Ed's dad, uh-huh. his inventor, was yeah. a very mean, cruel man. Interesting I because always, he, I always he read him, him as like that. a yeah. – a mean, cruel man who did this to him. That's that was my reading as a child. Do you still feel that way watching it now? Yeah. Why would you put scissors on the? <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird. Call. Why would you do that? It's a crazy yeah. placeholder. It's a crazy placeholder. It's a crazy yeah. placeholder, especially because his idea wasn't "I will make a scissor man." So right. I will make a and normal hand man. I always read it as like, "Okay, I had my fun with you with scissor hands." <laughs> And now here we fi- go. Now here fine, are the rubber fine, hands. I'm giving you rubber right, hands. Right, right. Psych, here you go. Yeah, I always thought it was it was very cruel. Right, he was trying to punk him in a way with the scissor hands. Yeah. Yeah. Also, was he supposed to be a weapon? Was he... What was the purpose of giving him scissor hands? Well, he wanted a, a, a human to make uh, cookies. <laughs> he does make a heart it's cookie. It's robot cookie makers. It's, he should have oh, given right, him cookie cookies, cutter yeah. hands. Sure. Instead of scissor hands. But scissor hands are cooler. Yeah, they look cool. Yeah. I am... Um, Re- also rewatching it recently, I I fully relate it with Edward until the moment where the bank told him he had no credit. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, not enough people talk about having credit or not having credit yeah, in, true. in film. It and is I fun. like that he has no credit. I know. As someone with no credit, still have no credit, and very proudly... Don't play that game. <laughs> uh, uh, is that I, what you I, say at the bank? Where you're like, well, yeah. I just don't play the credit game. Well, my right. one of my happiest moments, um, one, one of my proudest moments was closing a bank account. Uh huh. Very cool. And uh, uh, they were like, well, but you're gonna need credit. You're gonna need. What if you want to buy a house? Right. What if you want to buy a car? And uh, and I'm like, I, I came to this country not long ago. Mm-hmm. I have nothing. <laughs> I don't want children. I don't want to buy a house. I don't know how to drive. I don't need anything. Well, and right. I don't. You, and I'm sick of playing this game. You want to move into a long abandoned mansion at the top of a hill at the I end of do. a cul-de-sac. Yes. Yeah. And those places you don't need like a down payment. Exactly. You don't need a mortgage. Yeah. Right. You kind of got squatters' rights. But 
That's what I lo- I just love that they take Edward to the bank though because like yeah. it's just like Diane Weiss is like I'm gonna make I am gonna figure it out selling the Avon stuff right well let's I just right. and Alan Arkin's yeah. like you know you got it you gotta in this country like you can really you know you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps as long as you you know commit yourself and you're yeah. responsible right, as long as you play the game and yeah. they take him <laughs> to the bank and the bank's like we don't know who you are because you have scissor hands and you're a robot or something and you know obviously right, and there's like, a lot of records uh, here get a job and get a car right. Yeah, and no. I just love that Arkin and Weiss are like, "Well, that's outrageous because this is America. Like, yeah. you should have a bank account. <laughs> that's that's one of the rules. You get a bank account." Uh, I will say I have the exact same thing where bank accounts scare me. I have like a checking uh, terrified, account terrified. and a debit card linked to my checking account, and that's my entire life. Even now that I'm financially stable, same here. I I, I, I don't do want to engage with money. It scares me. I don't me. have a credit card. Yeah. I've never had a credit card. Uh, ben and I, bad credit boys. Yeah, so bad credit boys. <laughs> See, that's because yeah, you're playing exactly. the game. You're playing the game. Just don't, well, don't play well, the I, game. I played the game. Uh, the game played me. <laughs> and then I lost the game. Right. Don't yeah. know. And, yeah. yeah, and now I'm on the bench? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're parents, not in the game. No, 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 no. Yeah. My parents also no credit. No credit cool. cards. No, see, my dad plays the game and loses. Uh, so I'm the child of that no. where I'm like, right, cool, right, I right, have right. a checking account and I will check on the uh, Chase app every five minutes to see exactly how much oh, money I have. Oh, you're one of those people. Yeah. Oh, my Not because I'm afraid I'm losing it, but I want to know exactly how much I can spend. Sure. Yeah, I'm terrified of money. When, yeah, no, uh, I know, I know. We're very it's, this, yes, this you're is a money always, monster, a money-loving money monster. It's not, go on. So go my on, my no credit is always questioned and they're like, well, what, what if you want to buy it? an apartment one day. Don't you sure. want to own your own home one day? And my answer is, when that day comes, I will buy it in cash. Right. Yes. You'll yes. just have yep. a brief I'll just moment. have it or mm-hmm. I won't buy it. Right, right, right. right. It's one or the Those other. Those are your two conditions. The, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. right. Um, and I think that Edward <laughs> thinks that way too. That's Edward Scissorhands' yeah. life. I am realizing, I mean, maybe, maybe he's kind of got it figured out. Eddie? Yeah, Ed? old Eddie. Old Ed, but well, but... I like you know he's he's altru- he's inherently altruistic right right and, and an uncommonly gentle man and uncom- and he wants to cut right he was tested hair. and he said if you if you find a briefcase full of money what do you do right. and his <laughs> earnest answer was give it to my give it to my family, family. use right. it to buy presents for my friends and family <laughs> which I love. Yeah. And, family, and Alan yes. is like well no like you know you have to take it to the authorities but Ed doesn't. The, I think the authorities are not really a concept. And I him. love that he, Diane Weiss gets the people he loves. Diane right. Weiss doesn't reprimand him. She goes, well, Edward, I can see why it would seem that that was the right answer. Right, right, right. And it's almost in her in her delivery of that line. It's almost like she's saying, like, I once also thought that right. is also my instinct right. to buy a present for my friends and family. But actually, even though I don't fully get it, yeah. you're supposed to give it to the authorities. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Yes. And... Uh, so right, he doesn't want money. I don't think he, no. he knows he, or what he's told. Like, well, if you're providing a service, you should be charging people and all that. But like, he just wants to cut people's hair and cut people's well, that's, he's just hedges because sort of he he they like artist. It. Right. Well, and also they like it, and right. he likes to make people happy. Yeah. Like, sort of seems to be his general relationship. Well, it's like he doesn't know how to communicate with people. Maybe much like Tim Burton, mm-hmm. an articulate man who can't string together a sentence. But then when he makes these things, people can respond to them. And it's like, cool, this is my dialogue. Yeah, right. If I can make this and this makes sense to me and my hands are built to craft this and then people are happy. That's done. Those are my relationships. But I think I think it's important that the movie kind of reveals that he's not a simpleton and that like, no. you know, when he robs the, the panic room later. Yeah. Right. You know, when Nona Sina comes so sorry and he's like, I knew we were I knew what we were doing, but you asked me to. Right. 
And like that's you know she's realizing she's taking advantage of a nice person, not a stupid person. Yes, right. Like that's that's sort of the key difference. Well, because you do get that sense that uh, uh, the investor did teach him a lot. Yeah, I and mean, there's a, yeah. he's teaching him the manners when he's a, a deconstructed half boy on a table. Right, he's a little Emily Post creature. Yes. <laughs> um, I just I like holding my hands out. Dude, like we've ever. been talking about this, but Tim Burton's so good with fucking opening credit sequences. Love, love it. And the score for this movie is so good. Mm-hmm. It's a very iconic score. Danny Elfman like. said he like he built it so it worked as like an opera on its own. Like that that the story would work if you listen to just the album, which it kind of does in like a Peter and the Wolf way. Right. And the the title, the tracks are titled into like acts and and such. Um, but you have Old Winona, which I think they do a- with your. Your impression was, I thought, flawless. Thank you. Old Winona. I think it's probably my favorite character in the history of film is Old Winona. <laughs> old Winona. And clearly J.J. Abrams agreed with me because that's the only reason you would cast her to play Old Spock's mom. I will say the second I saw her, I was like, remember when she was Old Spock's mom? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, isn't she 40? When they cast her as Spock's mom. Yeah. But then you were like, oh, oh I guess Spock. They, <laughs> they age her up. Yeah. Right. She doesn't like, have a moment where she's not wearing old age makeup. No, she does. She does because Spock's she? a kid. So oh, there's right. one scene there's where one, she's oh regular God. Winona. There's one scene. Where he's like, Mommy, you know, why did you, like, make me? Yes. Spock is a bit of an Edward Scissorhands. Spocky Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yes, you have her telling the story. I love the image of the girl is, like, getting engulfed in the bed. I know. I love that. Like, I it's love like all this crazy wide-angle forced perspective yeah. thing where she just looks like the bed is swallowing her Freddy Krueger style. yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he does a good job of not showing her face too much in this opening scene, so you don't immediately I guess so. put together it's old. Win- I remember my mom telling me it was Winona, and it blew my mind. Well, okay, that's makeup. <laughs> it was very good makeup. It's, it's very good, good makeup. makeup. Yeah. But then you go through the window, and you get the whole sort of traveling through the house and the score. His really good table setting thing he does. Yeah, and then you go straight to like Diane Weiss, candy colored suburbs, mm-hmm. and I do love this like how small and hermetic their world is right. that she's like going to the same doors of the same people. Like she's Selling, an Avon salesman. Yeah. And Contrada Farrell's just like, you know I don't buy anything. Right. And she's like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. so funny. She has like all of her relationships figured out. She only knows 20 people mm-hmm. and none of them are going to buy products from her. And she just this one day is like, I guess there's one more house. But it's a good, like nice economic setting up the basic dynamic of all the people in the town. Totally. Kathy, Kathy Baker. Baker very funny performance. Uh, Olin Jones. Olin Jones, who fucking rules. Uh, mm. Caroline Aaron, who's in like everything. Yeah. She's Marge. Uh, Olin Jones gets credit in the end credits for composing the organ music in this movie. <laughs> cool. Good job, Olin. <laughs> Which rules. Uh, That's beautiful. Yeah, but Olin Jones is one of those great like early timber and stock company oh, people. Oh, yeah, of Where course. you're just like. Yes, even just from the moment like her name comes up in the credits, you're like, this "That's lady. the name of an actor in a Tim Burton movie." Yes, absolutely. Oh, Land Jones. Yeah. Um, well, she's in uh, Mars. I mean, she's in Mars Attacks, and obviously. she comes back in Mrs. Peregrine. Oh yeah. As what? As uh, uh, the peculiar boy's uh, boss at the supermarket. The peculiar boy's boss of the supermarket. That's is that his most recent film? No, it Dumbo. Is. Which Dumbo is will Dumbo be coming will out be by the out. time we're we're finishing this. But uh-huh. as of the time we're recording, yes, that's his most recent film. Dumbo. Yeah. Okay. Another sensitive movie. Another sensitive movie. I mean, Dumbo looks like they're setting it up to be a similar kind of. Here's an outsider who all these human beings are reflecting upon. Right. 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 Seeing themselves in and their relationship to him. 
and yeah. how much uh, suffering he can endure. Right. Um, Too bad I just can't deal with like circus aesthetic. You don't like circus stuff? Uh no. I I love I I I love Dumbo as a child. Uh-huh. Me too. My, my and I love Disney. Two scenes in Dumbo. The uh, the the mother rocking Dumbo. Right. Uh, what's the, the cage. song called? Baby of, Baby of Mine. Yeah. And then the train going through that hill at night. Yes. Uh, during the rainstorm. But anything circus, just like the cotton candy whimsy. So you, welcome you don't to the fuck circus. with Timothy I, the Mouse. I don't do circus. Okay. I, Interesting. Yeah. I guess Dumbo doesn't get enough credit for being a good train movie. Decent train, great movie. train movie. Right. I mean, you were a big train kid. Love it. Love the train. Dumbo, when as a kid, Dumbo, like. Right. Uh, was too elementally upsetting for me to watch that often. Like, because it's just yeah. so upsetting. Dumbo and Pinocchio. I love right. It. Dumbo and Bambi were the ones that I, yeah, Pinocchio Bambi too. Never Pinocchio really... I would watch a lot though. Pinocchio's fun. It's got like Pinocchio's magic fun. and shit. Pin- Pinocchio's also upsetting. Very though. upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> all the Pleasure upsetting. Island stuff. Another, well, that's like... more circusy stuff when they're uh, turning into the donkeys. Uh, is that circus or carnival? It's, well, okay. It's Can carnival. I draw a line? It's carnival. Also, yeah. Pinocchio, another. Frankenstein. Yep. Yes. Another, another construct. Yes. Another construct. Half finished yes. construct. Which I forgot. He almost did a Pinocchio movie like six years that ago. That makes perfect he thought sense. thought about it. Yeah. I mean, that Robert Downey Jr. has been trying to make a Pinocchio movie at Warner where, Brothers. Where, where he's Geppetto. Yes. Yeah. And then when Tim Burton left, they hired Paul Thomas Anderson. Right. And then he got fired. Yeah. And now it still just hasn't been made. It's a tricky needle to thread, the Pinocchio story. It's a tough one. Because it is inherently a 19th century Italian novel about how children should listen to their parents. Because mm-hmm. I used right. to read the book all the time and the book yeah. is basically like, and then Pinocchio didn't listen to Jiminy Cricket and he was hung from a tree. <laughs> like, you know, like that. that's right. like every chapter ends. With like- Which for Pinocchio, being hung from a tree is like essentially being choked out. Okay. By his own kind. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's true. Yes, yes. Well, it's like if another human choked you to death. Um, uh, but yeah, no, Dumbo and Bambi, movies about like uh, loss of parents and like the inherent cruelty of mankind. Right. Yeah. But that's like- Freaked my, me out when I was yeah, a kid. My, my brother Jamesy would like avoid any movie that was like aggressively sad, whereas like I flocked to it because sure. I wanted mm-hmm. to feel. But Dumbo, I feel like was one of the only ones that he would watch with me because of all the train shit. Uh-huh. Because he was like a vehicle yeah. kid, yeah, uh-huh. like a lot, like a lot of little boys. Vehicle he was kid. like, if they're wheels, if right. they're engines. See, I was I'm just in. a train kid. Like cars, I wasn't as into. Interesting. I like trains. I like trains. So they don't like cars. I like like maps. I like systems. You know, I mm-hmm. like learning a train map, things like that. You know, that was my deal. James was very into vehicles and was especially into like like uh, like policemen, firemen, like any sure, sort of sure. like jobs, right. Jobs, jobs. Up, upholding society. The boy likes jobs. The boy, the boy likes, likes jobs. Because my brother was like that. Like he uh-huh. would be announced, like I will be a milkman. Right. Like you know, <laughs> right, and, like, right. for uh-huh. six months, he was all in on that. And then he was yeah. like, "I'm done with that. I'm going to be a train conductor because I saw one." Right. And so now that's my new job. Yeah. Well, my my brother was really into this British TV show, Postman Pat, which well, didn't I, Postman Pat was. I. How would you? No, we can't. You know no, about because Postman we're Pat? bringing it back later. It's so exciting when we bring it back. What I don't know what you're yeah, what are you talking, talking about, about. I believe this is the episode where we need to talk about whatever you're talking about. I grew up in Britain. What? Yeah, How long have you been holding this oh back? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so much better when we bring it back in the other episode. Well, I don't know. Look, the point is Postman Pat Fox. Yeah, Postman Pat and his little whack and white cat. Right, which is a show that's just— I'm not familiar with it It's an English all. puppet show, uh-huh. stop motion, uh, little felt man who's a postman. Yeah, he looks like a hot dog. 
He does. I'll show you Postman Pat. He, he drives a little red like car. A uh-huh. And uh, he lives in a little English town and he delivers the mail. There's and very little conflict. He has a cat called Jess who's black and white. Right. And uh, you, yeah, usually the biggest issue is like, you know, the bridge is out or something. There's the name is smudged on the on the package and you can't figure have, out where to deliver. I have, never, I have never seen that in my life before. It, Britain, Postman Pat, Fireman Sam. Yes, those, those were the those, two those that James two, liked. Yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. uh, this was the early 90s and we used to have to get like family members to ship us Postman Pat and Fireman Sam VHSs. There we are. And then my father would have to like get people who could convert them from PAL to NT. <laughs> he doesn't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> NTSC to PAL, yeah, right, or PAL to NTSC. Right, right. right. Yeah. We had to like get like contraband postman Pat right, tapes, right. and then and you like, had, like a multi-region video and player, dupe them, right, right, right? Yeah, onto new new cassettes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, postman Pat and his black and white cat. Right, and Early I was like, morning, yeah, I get Edward Scissorhands. I don't want to ever have a job. I want to sit in a corner, sure, and right. then sometimes cut things. Right. Do you know what is the most impressive aspect of this film? Mm-hmm. Sound mixing. Okay. Like the the the, the because the of all the blade effects, yeah. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think that's what really sells the movie and and the danger of how scary it is to have large sharp blades on your hands. Well, so much of the tension of the movie is will he, and eventually he does. Will right. he cut the ones he loves? Right, right? like that's the. But uh, yes, what's so scary? Like every time, because even when even we know he's so careful, him, yeah. right? You're like, oh no, careful. But there's so many things where he That's just like... That's the most like, Tumblr line when she says, hold me. And he's like, I can't. I can't. There's the moment where he's like pointing out things in the window when Diane Weist is driving him through the neighborhood. And he mm-hmm. like reacts strongly and points and almost slashes her across the throat. Yes. Uh, so they set that up very early on. And then the movie gets like a lot of fun, a lot of mileage out of like, oh, he's going to burst the water bed. He's going to break this yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it, is, it is the like the Chekhov's gun in this movie is like, when, when, when's he going to exactly. cut a friend? Yes. Um, but I just was watching this and, and now, you know, having uh, worked in this industry and peeks behind the curtain, wow. I was watching it and just, you know, humble, humble brag. brag. We're allowed to do that. Uh, sound mixing? Uh, no, just realizing on, top on of your set, sound it would have sounded like dull plastic. Right, right, right. Like on set, oh, his, sure. his performance would have been great. Yeah. But it also would have just sounded like. Not dangerous, but like, yeah. You know? <laughs> sure. Because there's zero chance, but but there's like such clear like snips every time he articulates any finger, whether or not he's cutting something. You hear the clanking, uh-huh, you hear uh-huh. the sharpness, mm-hmm. which like that that's what keeps the tension in the air for the whole movie. Are you saying that the scissors weren't really metal? I believe they were plastic, and if they were metal, they were dull. I think this is one of those movies where they probably right, had like right. seven different versions right, depending right. on what he had to do within a scene. Right. But there's zero chance they were making that kind of sound. Sure. Yeah, well, of course. I I would bet they were plastic largely so that they weren't making sound. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Because on set, they always are just like, let's get as clean as possible. Like, don't do anything. Right. In my, like, years of only getting hired to play, like, computer techs on cop shows. Don't type. That was the bane of my existence. Don't actually type. Was like, the only thing you've hired me to do is sit here and type intensely. And they're like, can your fingers be one inch above the keyboard? Oh, wow. And you feel so stupid when you're just, like, ghost typing a keyboard that's right below you. I one time, uh, I can't even remember what the show was, but I I auditioned for when I was, and I while I was auditioning, I was Mm -hmm. like, this is, this is a Griffin Newman. This is a, it was, yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was like very much a, like a, you know, Jared and hands. And then like, right. uh, <laughs> and then just like spilling a, a 
so quickly, some facts. The, the name I use as a joke, because this was one I auditioned for, and then the project got canceled because of a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. But I was at one point in the conversation to play a computer tech named Shalom Rodriguez. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Let's try and cast as wide a net as possible yeah. here. Well, the thing it's is, one like, or the other. It's, it's, in those, it's in those little roles <laughs> yes. that they can shoehorn in diversity Correct. because they're course, not, right. because they're just, they're on screen sometimes. So, sure, it can be a Rodriguez right. or it can be anything. Right. Credits. Right, so they're like, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Get a Jew or get a Hispanic, and then we'll pretend like the joke is it's funny that he doesn't match the other half of the name. Right, right, right. Right, it's like you either get like Michael Pena and his name is Shalom, Uh or you get me and my name's Rodriguez. Sure. And therein lies the comedy. It was win win. And uh-huh. they got sued because it turned out the rest of the script was copying Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> Perfect. Like the, the, the guy had one embellishment, yeah. Shalom Rodriguez. Right. They were like four weeks away from filming, and the Siegel Larson estate sued the network mm-hmm. that was producing the pilot. Wow. Do you currently relate to Scissorhands it, as uh, a character? Yes. I think this is a big question because he was so much an avatar for me as a child. Mm-hmm. I was a very sensitive child who felt very easily damaged by everything. Uh-huh. Same. Uh, and, uh, you know, the w- w- Wells for Boys kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this character is so elemental. Yes. And, like, Winona was my biggest movie crush. That's the reason David and I are friends. Is I, l- because I we love both Winona like, in general. In right. this, she is a bit, I, I, I don't have a lot. Oh, uh, no, I mean, this character this doesn't movie. exist, but yeah. I'm saying when I was a uh, uh, emotionally undeveloped 12-year-old, no, I was I, like, this uh, is the perfect woman. <laughs> sure. She uh-huh. wears a very clean dress, and she's nice. <laughs> she's a very clean dress. She's clearly she, pretty, and she's nice she to loves the right, snow. Right, right, and she's right. nice to the sad boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I was like, that's my dream girl, and didn't notice until watching it now for the first time in 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. like, oh, there's no character there. Not much Jason, character go there. back. Right. Go back. Um, but, but I was like... You know, I I was watching it now through the prism of, like, is this one of those movies that, like, made a bunch of people feel like they had the latitude to go, like, you don't understand me? Absolutely. And there's there's certainly a space for those movies. I mean, uh, it's like a Donnie Darko. It's the Donnie Darko right. effect, right? Of, like... Donnie Darko is this movie, right. like, yeah. 10 years later, yeah. this kind of movie it, happening right. again. It, yes. it is that for a new generation. Right. 100%. And, and because this was... And Winnie the Pooh is the current... <laughs> right. Christopher Robin right. is right. now... Right. I, I <laughs> refuse to call it Christopher Robin. Because, uh, yeah, because yeah, Pooh's the star. Yeah. Well, so, so you asking if I relate to it now. Yes. My battles, I was watching it was like, I certainly have a muscle memory of relating to this. Uh-huh. There are elements I connect to, but I also feel like I've spent much of the last five to ten years trying to kick any sense of being a victim or misunderstood out sure. of my head. Of right. course, and that's very healthy. Right, which yes, I think is that's healthy. That's very good, that's very healthy. Um, right, and I think this is one of those movies that can like cause people to fall into a trap, to be like, I never have to grow because I'm misunderstood and it's their fault. Yeah, I mean, you can relate to it in a way that's not... There are uh, healthy ways to relate to this, yeah. certainly. I... I found I didn't I don't think I related to it as a child because I thought well I'm not spooky I'm sh- I'm <laughs> I'm pretty you were Winona uh, yeah you were related I was to like Winona. oh I'm Winona but uh, I'll be kind enough to be nice to the exactly. spooky children but sure. uh, I now I I was like oh yeah he has no credit he's like weirdly <laughs> an immigrant <laughs> he's like weirdly an immigrant in he's the sure. suburb basically yeah. he's like learning how this world works yeah he's not American uh, he's seeking asylum he, yeah yeah he is. Edward is seeking asylum, old Eddie. Except, old Eddie. of course, he's not active in that way because he was brought. 
tube no, is. Right. Yeah. Right. I do love that. Uh, I, I mean, I I love the. Uh, what were you gonna say? Sorry. No, I'm just 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 like I love stories like that of the like. Uh, Little Mermaid is the same, right? Sure. She's like in a world that she doesn't know how to use the fork, so she like combs her hair with it. It's just like um, uh, the those are, I think, have been the immigrant stories for so long. <laughs> yes, yes. The like magical, the magical creature, creature fish out of water, fish out of water. Right. right, and then this heightens that because it's like the fish out of water then goes into a normal zone that is a heightened Tim Burton crazy normal of zone. Of course. Yeah. Right. Um, I grew up in New Jersey in uh, an unusual sort of town, mm-hmm. uh, low class kind of town, let's say. I usually say I grew up in a ditch is more or less how I put <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And so seeing this now as an adult, I realized the parents and the adults that treated me in a way that made me feel weird. I like really related to that shot of Edward in bed in the waterbed, just kind of being like, I can't move. What is this? Like I, uh-huh. I was like, I remember being in like nice houses and just that being like, oh my god, everyone ate at a table together. That sort of forced mm-hmm. suburban normalcy. Yeah, and I just yeah. I felt that like pangs of being a young man and just being like confused by so the you, nice to the, the nice families. So you related to him? Oh, for sure. Cool. I also grew up on a hill in an old house. <laughs> And my dad, your dad has been built me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your dad did never finish, right? No, no. You're you're still lacking a spleen. Your dad is a tinkerer. You have a scissor spleen. No, not a scissor spleen. It's a mud spleen. <laughs> it's a mud. Spleen. You got a bag of mud where your spleen should be. That's right. Um, I love because I I had misremembered this. Uh, how little resistance Edward is met with at the beginning. Like the, oh the yeah, first they're thing, like the first he's 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 new and he's exciting well, and he's like a sexual revolution right. practically. That's the thing. Yeah. Yes, right. all yes. the women, all the women are it's a it's they're a liberated. sexual experience yes. to have their right. haircut. Have their haircut. Right. Like it goes from like everyone like starting the whisper network of just like there's a man in town, there's yeah. a new right. man. Right. Yes, like this is just mixing it up. Then they all are just like, this is incredible. God, your journey is so amazing. Sure. Like they're like so – they work so hard to understand yeah. him and try to accept him. There's that great bit with the veteran who like goes up to him and hits his like hollow leg. Love that. And he's like, don't let anyone ever tell you. You're disabled. Yes. Right. And then yeah. at the end of the movie, he's the one who's like, kill the cripple. <laughs> I think he literally says when it, kill when the cripple. Turned, when it turns ugly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the cop – in the movie, so sweet. One so of my kind. favorite characters. When he when he says, "Ah, it just keep me up at night knowing yeah. that." Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. That's the thing. Like almost so everyone, sweet. you expect people meeting him with revulsion and then warming up to him, but instead, everyone is like, "Well, we don't want to be closed minded." Right. Everyone. Yeah, they're all in initially kind and remain kind, mm-hmm. or. They let the the mom mentality get to them, but they're distracted by their own stuff. Too. Very much so. Yeah. So it's like they're like they accept him, but then they just kind of move on. They sort of don't have time to obsess. Right. 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 Other than Diane Weiss, who's like putting in the work, everyone else is like patting themselves on the back for being nice to him and then walking away. Yes. There's the and he's a bit of a curio, but I also think it's that thing of like where they're like. Well, he can't be scary because then if he's scary, he's scary. Right. So he must be fine. And there's that thing, you know, once Winona finds him in the bed 
and he punctures her. Oh, it's such a good and Arkin just takes him downstairs and he's like, women, what are you going to do? And I'm like, <laughs> right. she, she's justifiably upset. Yeah. Yeah. She found him a scissor monster in her bed. Right. And he's drinking whiskey through a strong <laughs> gasping for it. Right. And Arkin's just sitting there like, you know. He's That's so what's funny. great is that like Arkin never plays. When I was a child and I watched this, I did not understand that, that character was supposed to be funny. Right. Because Arkin is so mm-hmm. bone dry mm-hmm. that I was like, well, this is like the boring character, just he's like the so normal funny. dad. And I didn't get that what was funny was the fact that he's talking to Edward Scissorhands like he's not Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. What did we think about the hairpiece when we were kids? I think it's great. I think it's, it's great. Such a, too. It's such an 80s dad hairpiece. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, it's also great it's because look. it's a thinning hairpiece. Yeah. 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 Right. Like it's right. not a heavy The tube. rare thinning hairpiece. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Big fan of that. Um, but yeah, everyone kind of like puts in their work. Like, does their performative, like, we are so inclusive, mm-hmm. and then backs the fuck off until Edward realizes that he's an artist, and then he becomes the cause celeb. First, that that first topiary scene is so good when mm-hmm. it's soundtracked by the baseball game on the radio. Yeah. Um, all that stuff is just like Depp just plays it very. I like the like the the intricacy of it. Like it just makes it seem not silly that he's just sort of flapping his fingers around and like leaves are flying everywhere. Yeah, he looks committed to what he's doing. Like yeah. he makes Edward look focused. Yes, focused. he's so emotionally dialed into right, it. Right, uh, and it it makes you so happy to see when he's like proud of something. Right, because mm-hmm. there are those early scenes where she's trying to teach him how to smile and it looks so fake. The right. one where she's trying to fix his face with makeup. And applying the putty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that she keeps on going back to that. Like her calling the Avon lady herself right. to try to figure out if there's another technique she could mm-hmm. use. Yeah. Because she can't figure out what to do with his scars. Um, but uh, but yes. No. He finds like a genuine pleasure in being able to express himself through this. This is something unique. For once his scissors are not a hindrance. Right. Uh, they're, they're a feature, not a bug. Yeah. yeah. And then how does he get from there to the hair? It's just the dog, right? Yeah. Yeah, he just snips things. Yeah. He's a snipper. But this is a movie where you uh, start to understand maybe why women are underwritten in Tim Burton movies because Tim Burton is clearly terrified of sex. Uh-huh. Like the fact that th- uh, cutting hair opens the door to women being turned on by him is treated as the scariest thing in the movie. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like it, this film is so uncomfortable about any sort of sexuality. Well, and there's also that tension of like, He's cutting their hair, and he's doing it so quickly, and they're mildly turned on by it. But oh, he like I I I kept thinking like oh he's gonna hurt them right oh he's gonna oh he's gonna snap a, an ear. But they even I feel like Conchata Farrell if someone has a line about like that's the greatest thrill of my entire it's life. Yeah, it's yeah. not Conchata. I think yeah. I can't remember who it is. Yeah. Galen or Mary maybe. Yeah. But that becomes half of the thing is like okay a he's like a hair genius. He's the Picasso of hair. But b it's also the experiential thing of mm-hmm. like you know. It's 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 like a Russian roulette, I guess, or something. Oh, sure, like that. He's he. It's like it's like getting a a close, a, you know, razor shave or whatever, right? Or where you're on the edge of danger, or, or it's something like it's like a very high stakes version of like a trust fall. Sure, like the rush comes from the fact that you have to trust that he knows what he's doing, because like one false which is in, which is inherently the tension with any hairstylist, right? Right. Correct. Correct. The uh, uh, will this be okay? Am I safe with you? Right. Right, but I also feel like it because is, if it's not okay, it it won't be okay for a while. Right, but it's also mm-hmm. often the tension of sex, where yes, you're just yeah, like, yeah. Hey, is this going to be comfortable? Like, yeah. emotionally, physically, like any of it? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, Was that movie shampoo? Yes, oh, shampoo is so good. 
I love shampoo. Shampoo? Yeah. Wait, Bart Warren Beatty? Yeah. Yeah. He's a hottie. Uh, uh, would you rather get your hair cut by Warren Beatty in shampoo or Edward Scissorhands? Warren Beatty. Oh, really? Scissorhands. Scissorhands. Yeah, Scissorhands. Scissor all those like hair so styles are awesome. The I flamingo. Like the design yeah, of flamingos are great. The cube. Yeah. But in the other the, scenario, like, Warren Beatty yeah. touches your head. Like grassy with his one. Hands. Yeah, I'd rather just go up to Warren Beatty at a bar and ask him to touch my head. I don't want him cutting my hair. Well, you didn't present that as an option. You okay. were, you... Yeah, Warren Beatty's obsessed with volume and yes. shampoo. He likes yes. volume, volume, volume boost, volume. volume. I'm already a puff boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like volume. Um, I do like that it is this high-speed sort of frantic yeah. thing until the Diane Weist one, which is treated as this, like, very, like, this is the, now he finally has a way to show mm-hmm. his appreciation for what she's done for him and pay her back with this, like, very tender, precise haircut. Also, a thing we haven't talked about is I love the clothes that he's given. The suspenders, <sighs> the, suspenders the big yeah. slacks, the tucked in white shirt. It looks so good. It is on a great him. look. Yeah. Yeah. Such a cool design. Yeah. Man. Then everything goes wrong at the end. Right. Because Winona doesn't know. come in until minute 40. Sure, and even then, sure. she's still kind of back. For a while, she's ignoring him. She's got her boyfriend. She's right. Got she's her just kind of making yeah. ooh faces at the dinner and table. And she realizes that he's nice and that her boyfriend's a jerk. Right, sort of, right. Anthony know. Michael Hall, you know, wants to steal his dad's TV. <laughs> sure, yes. His dad doesn't Which is trust like him. such a slimy, disgusting, like, uh, like American jock thing to like feel your father. Right, 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 right. right. I, right. I'm scared of my old yeah. man. Yeah, there's one thing <laughs> I'm scared of. It's the old man. <laughs> but they realize it's this. A smart, it's a smart scam, though. What? Yeah. Steal your dad's TV, you know? I think that's a good plan. Yeah, and then step two, where do you put it? You sell also, it. You go to a pawn shop, and then you get some money. I always got, wait. So he's it, breaking into his own house. His own. Why? Can you remind me why he doesn't have the keys to his own? His house? dad has this like special room that only he has the keys to, where all his fancy shit goes. Yeah. Probably because he knows his son is. That's what he said. My dad doesn't <laughs> well, trust that's a criminal. Like if yeah. if this character were a little more self aware, he'd relate to Edward in that his right. My father dad doesn't perceives even trust him me as in my own house. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. He's perceived as dangerous. He can't go around nice things. He's right. yeah. But this guy, he's Instead, got... Instead, he just thinks of Edward as a tool. Edward is like Edward a is given key. free range to go anywhere he wants in, in that house having scissor hands. Yeah. When, when he it's runs like, away, Arkin's just like, hey, he went over there. I don't know. He's right. on a walk. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Edward knows it's a privilege, not a right. This isn't... No, no. Alan Arkin's singing on the rooftop is later, right? When that's when the modeling the the end, when yes. he's stapling yeah. the snow because it is California. Right. right. But he uh, he's like really having a go at that song. Yeah, he's great. He yeah. won an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. For Little Miss Sunshine. But I mean, he deserved right. it for this. Right. But they said accidentally, like, this is Alan Arkin's first Academy Award for singing on the roof. And Edwards, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, it all goes wrong. Come on. Um, you know, we know it goes wrong. He's a scissor man. It, it, it's going to go wrong. Yeah. I think that inevitability scared me as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't know how wrong it was going to go, and I didn't want the fun times to last. Like, once I had been lulled into the security of, like, they accept him. It's fun. He's an artist. I, I so dreaded the the turn. Right. But, um, obviously, he makes the ice sculpture, and right, Winona dances in the snow. But right after that, what it all starts What 12-year-old Griffin to... thought was the peak of romance. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was How's that- your... How have your relationships with women been through your life? <laughs> uh, they tend to dislike the fact that I wear scissor hands at all times. 
I would say. Yeah, but they love the snow. And I was insist like, on dancing in These snow are my right. relationship goals. <laughs> this is who I learned from. <sighs> um, what else? Is there anything? Come on. I'm trying to think of other... I mean, the, the... the thing that always shocked me as a child and honestly shocks me now mm-hmm. is that he kills someone at the end. That's what, Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Like, well, you don't think he's going to do well, that. What's also shocking is the bully should know that he... Yeah, don't fight a scissor man. You don't punch a scissor hand man. Right. What's crazy? Well, he's he's so cocky, right? Right. And Edward's such a, you know... um, you know, downtrodden doormat of a person. He right. thinks, yeah. he, but he ignores the the old adage: uh, "Never bring a, a fist to a scissor fight." Right. <laughs> He's fighting with fists in a in a, in a scissor in a fight. Scissor fight yeah. David. Just well, he brings up <laughs> podcast that he does have a gun. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> he does have a gun. My he favorite subplot in the movie is uh, the son uh, from Honey I Shrunk the Kids uh, trying to get Edward to play rock paper scissors. Right. Yes, and then yeah. uh, getting tired of playing rock paper scissors with him. That's easy such a such a fun baby little joke. It's such good kid logic of like this guy would be the best to play with because yeah. his hands are one of the things, and then realizing no, he's the worst to play with. His yeah, hand is no fun. Only one of the things. How do you guys feel about vans with flames on them? I mean, I like. Oh it. yeah, I'm into They're that. Good. I, I think you're that. more. Into I them. saw that as a kid, and I was like, "Fuck, I want that van." So why I don't you have I, it? Yeah, uh, I. <sighs> Too responsible. My license is suspended. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. I thought when you asked that question, you meant like slip on shoes Me too. with flames tampoed on them. Oh, like vans. That's what oh. I think when I well, hear vans. I've had those. Right, like limited edition Guy Fieri vans, <laughs> sure. which I'm very into those. Those are cool. Fire shoes are cool. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Are there other things to talk about here? No. I mean, it all goes, yeah. it all goes Pete Tong, as the English would say. And uh, he's uh, chased to the mansion. Yeah, and uh, by people with pitchforks, they don't have pitchforks, but they might as well. Mm-hmm. Right, and and he... the cop helps him cover up the murder. Yeah, <laughs> no of. one like no one really picks up the body. There's no, no there's I think no... everyone's too scared. They want to they want to forget about that. There's place. no informing of well, what about this kid's parents? No, and it kind of is clear it's everyone hates this like, fucking kid. <laughs> yeah, they just dissipate. They're just like, look, I mean, death is a death. It's a sad thing. It's like, thing, oh, whatever. well, this like cancels it out because right, we were, like grew to hate the other one too, right. but now they're both They're like, dead, I mean, so if we were going to lose one guy from the community, right. <laughs> this was probably our first round pick. Right. I also feel like um, the, the, the idea is that maybe like a generation or two later, so, you know, people will forget about it. The house will just stay there. He'll just stay there. Right. And then maybe once again, someone's interest will be piqued enough to sort of like go check it out again. And maybe he'll come back. That's the thing. He's so close still to all these people and they just like choose to turn him into a legend. Right. But but, I mean, it is kind of nice that like Anthony Michael Hall charges for him. Right. And then he sticks the hands out. Yeah. Sort of self-defensively. So it's not like he didn't know he was going to kill him. Yeah. It's also not like he's initiating. It's just shocking. This is like a PG movie, you know. Yeah, you just don't see it going this way. It's a PG-13. With that much blood on his blades and all yeah, of that sort yeah. of stuff. But it is also the thing you expect. He's a scissor hands man. Right. You know, it, it, we are finally, yeah, the and worst nightmare. And then the realize. surrender is like, I, I, this is where I belong. I should sit by myself in this corner for the rest of time. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which I just found unbearably sad. Like This movie yeah. made me cry a lot as a child. Um, but I do think, obviously, at the point that Tim Burton's making this movie— he like his his art has connected with the masses. He's found his place. He's very successful. People are letting him follow his whims to the end of the earth. So I don't think it's about him actually feeling 
disconnected from society as like a citizen at this point. I think the movie is just about him being like, I don't think I will ever understand other people. Yeah. You know, like there's this concession. The fact that Edward chooses to stay, that the movie doesn't end with the people killing him, but it ends with him being like, I'm Mm -hmm. just going to sit here and pretend that I'm dead and just Mm -hmm. wait out my eternity. Yeah, I guess so. Is him just sort of like. Maybe, you know, that's what I'm saying. Maybe things will change. Yeah, maybe. Come back. Right. The daughter yeah. comes back or whatever, the granddaughter. Yeah. I, don't I don't know. But uh but yeah, it does it does just feel like him being oh, like it doesn't matter I how much people email, like my art. My p- my pitch got bought. Edward Scissorhands too. I just sold that for five million dollars. Oh wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, what thank happens you. this time around? Uh, she goes back up and he's there still and they bring the, who, him down. the granddaughter? Uh yeah. Although actually we should talk about Johnny Depp because that's the real reason you yeah. can never make an Edward Scissorhands too. Oh right. <laughs> This is, I will say, we've been watching, uh, obviously, a lot of Depp recently. Uh-huh. Sure. This is not a great time to rewatch Depp. Uh, this is the the one that makes me uh, uh, the saddest. You mean just because of, like, what was sort of once so great about him as a performer? Yes. And also, uh, I, I think... Uh, he was able to run off the juice of this movie for so long sure, in sure, terms sure. of like he also is misunderstood. Like he's not one of these Hollywood movie stars. Yeah, he's yeah. not some asshole. He's actually this weird, wounded, lost soul. Right, and so Cole Sprouse. Right, he yeah, was yeah. the Cole Sprouse of his time. Because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I think that was the thing of like everyone thought Johnny Depp was just another pretty boy, but actually he feels as weird as we do. And then sort of coming to realize like oh no, maybe he's just like the same sort of like. But he's talented, so there's that. Yes, he yeah. is, or was talented. Well, I mean, even Amber Heard in her allegations and all that, you know, when, when they were having the divorce, yeah. was pretty clear about, like, he became an alcoholic and a drug addict. Yes. You know, where she was saying, like, he was not always an alcoholic and right. a drug addict. Like, you know, he has entered a spiral of super addiction that is, you know, ruining his mind. Yeah. Uh, like she, that was very, like she included all that in like the divorce papers and all that sort of stuff when they were like figuring out their divorce. Yeah. Yeah. And it also is, I mean, you read all those pieces about it and you just like calculate like how much fucking money he was making off the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And it's like, Ooh. that's just not g- good. Well, no. you know, like the, the, that kind of like when people stop saying no to anything and you start having insane amounts of money, especially when you're a weirdo. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same thing with, like, wait a second. Like, Nicolas Cage bankrupted himself buying dinosaur skulls. <laughs> right. He built yeah. a pyramid, like, in the desert that he lives in you know, or whatever. Th- like, there's a reason why, like, the people who have billions of dollars are, like, boring businessmen. Yeah. I mean, it's really a slippery slope. Right. Like, right. people who, like, don't have interests or personalities and just, and like, really having money. You. Right. Yeah. Whereas I think if you like things and you have access to all that money, you start going insane. I like wine, and I'm so interested to just see, like, a in, like a rundown of what he was consuming yeah. in, like, a week of how expensive these bottles well, are. Wasn't that the thing, though, when they were like, it's been said you're spending 30 grand a month on wine. And he's like, that's outrageous. I spend way more than that. Yes, <laughs> like, like, like in that recent Rolling like, Stone article. Slander, or I'll sue you. It's 50K. I just love yeah. the idea of him drinking like a burgundy from like 80 something and just slamming it down. Yeah. Like that's so crazy. Yeah. Right, right. He's just like drinking wine like it's cans of beer. And I believe he's just still in that state. That Rolling Stone article suggested that he's basically just like a hash smoking monster. 
Right, and that he's uh, he was sued for city lies for punching someone, and this the lawsuit was like he just reeks of alcohol and does drugs all and day. The movie yeah. has still not been released, right. and he lives in his own weird like mansion. He's had to sell most of his properties, including the small French village that he owned. Right. Not only did he own a Caribbean vill- uh, island, but he owned a small French village in which he owned every house in the village, oh, no. and he paid to keep a staff on retainer for oh, the different no. houses. So he was like, "This house is our kitchen. This house is our no. dining house." Like a just here's a small quaint Beauty and the Beast style. Oh uh-huh. wow! Yeah, but that's the thing. Like if you're Johnny Depp and you're like, I love the way it feels to be in a small rustic French village, and they're like, Hey, here's eighty million dollars. Then you do that. Then, then you, you build your own that. weird yeah. French wino Disneyland. Sure. Anyway, um, he now lives in like a mansion. He never goes outside. He's a vampire and he drinks all the time. And apparently, the only people he's surrounded by are like the people who work for him, yeah, like his, his lawyer. salaried employees. Right. And, yeah. He also has a band. And you know what they're called? Hollywood Vampires. Yes, sir. Um, should we play the box office game? Uh, we should. Okay. Cool. This well, movie did did weirdly well. Um, yeah. This movie made, I'm going to get you the total, $56 million. See, I'm so bad with money. I don't know if that's a lot or a little for a movie. Well, adjusted for inflation, it's like about 120. 120. Yeah. And so, that's a lot or a little for a movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> lot of money for any movie, but it except for a really big movie. But it's a lot of money for a movie like this. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't think this movie was that expensive. What do you think? I think it probably cost about 20, 30. Yeah. And uh, it took place on that one street. Yeah. Exactly. Right. $20 million it, budget. Right. Right. And beyond that, like Death's the movie is star. sort of like, yeah. right. Doesn't have a big star. Well, Winona's maybe approaching big stardom at that point, but mm-hmm. like, but doesn't have a huge star. Enough, she probably it's got a paid like a pitch. million. Yeah. You know, like right. it's certainly not a movie that's guaranteed to be a huge success. It opened small. Right, this, this on its face maybe looked like the small passion project he made in between Batman movies. And the fact that it worked at the time rather than being a cold hit years later mm-hmm. is kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, so it opens limited release two theaters December 7th, okay. 1990. Number one that uh, week in its fourth week. My guess is it's the biggest movie of the year. Of 1990? Yes, it is the biggest movie of the year. It's a, a, a kid's movie. Very Christmassy. Oh, Home Alone? Home Alone. Yeah. What do you think of Home Alone? I I I don't get the um uh, the American obsession with Home Alone. I I D- Go I'm, on, go on. I, I, I no, go, go on. I, rem- I, re- I remember I remember <laughs> scenes of it that sure. I I I like all the, you know, when the the, the little traps he sets. Yeah. But there's this incredible nostalgia for Home Alone that I I can't seem to access even even the even though when I when I was that age or whatever I really enjoyed it and I loved it. It right. feels like but there's I have left it. Been yeah. a thing in the last in 3 years. years where our generation has started demanding that it be ushered into the canon <laughs> as like one of the yeah. undeniable <laughs> classics. And not even like that's a like a movie we all have nostalgia for, but like can we all agree that it's like it's a wonderful life home alone? <laughs> you know, which I don't get. Now, that's a movie that like I would watch in bits and pieces on TV. I maybe right, didn't have right. the formative I think some experience. Some people would watch it a lot, right? Right. Yeah. I didn't see it in theaters. I would like, watch two a lot more because it was set in New York. Set in New York, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd watch that one too, and Donald Trump's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> but it, it is weird to me how like it's gone. Not just even like a Goonies thing where it's like, well, it's like kind of cheesy, but come on, we all love the Goonies. It's being mm-hmm. like, we all agree that Home Alone is a flawless masterwork, right? Right, right. 
Very odd to me. I don't know. I'm not shitting on the movie. No, I will say, though, in its fourth weekend, it made this pretty much the same it made in its first weekend. It was one of those crazy box Wait, Home Alone successes. as Scissorhands? No, no, no. Like, Home Alone, Home Alone made more has, money than Scissorhands. No, I'm saying, like, Infinite in Home Alone's yeah. fourth weekend, it's making Home Alone's first weekend. Right. It keeps on it just, making, it not just, dropping It off. was one of those weird phenomena. People for, just kept going back. Yeah. Um, it was one of the 10 highest grossing films of all time. Sure. Like it, it was, was crazy, crazy successful. Yeah. Uh, adjusted uh, five, $600 million. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Like yeah. it did like the fucking same amount that Black Panther did this year. When he puts the aftershave on, it burns his face. Sure. I don't know if He's I remember that scene. So when I remember he puts, like, I hands, remember shaving was a I don't part of it. That. Yeah, yeah. No, and then he Because he wants to be a grown up, you yeah. know. He puts his hands on either side of his face and screams. I don't, <laughs> yeah. think, I don't yeah. remember that. I don't, oh, I'm you should familiar. rewatch it. I'm not familiar it. with Honestly, that. Yeah. Uh, he also brutalizes these two burglars uh, with various weapons. Well, they're yeah. more than just burglars. They are wet bandits, yeah, which wet is bandits. a good name bandits. for your bandit crew. Ben likes wet things. And I say that in the least number sexual two way is a very hmm, Number two is a very snowy movie as well. A horror movie. A snowy horror film. Christmas sort of, again with the Christmas. It is, yeah. It's very Christmassy. Interesting. At, at the moment. Uh, another an Oscar winner. Um, this is a snowy horror film that's an Oscar winner? In December. Isn't that crazy? What the what fuck? What a movie this is. I love this movie. Does it win a performance Yes. Award? Best Actress. It wins Best Actress. Oh, it's the film Misery. Misery. Kathy Bates. James Caan. Yeah. That's so, it. So I, uh, Julio, as we were saying, money scares me, but this, this is the one money thing that makes sense to me. Where I have this weird uh, box office. catalog for box office. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Misery. Huge hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not a huge hit actually, just a solid hit, Big but hit. a surprise. Yeah. Uh, you know, good movie, good movie, Oscar and win. a win yeah. for Kathy Bates. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is. Um, oh, I feel like that's a like ahead of her time style icon. Like I feel like you go to Bushwick now, a lot of girls are dressed up like Annie Wilkes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the sort of little dress and the the bow and the hair. And My like, ceramic penguin always points north. Yeah. That's what she says in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and certainly, you go to Bushwick, it's lousy with ceramic penguins. Yep, yep. Cock- he didn't get out of the cock duty car. Um, number three mm-hmm. is uh, is an old star and a new star together. And the old star is directing. This oh. is a hard movie to explain. Old star, new star, old star directing. To, to give you clues. Is it a Clint Eastwood film? Mm-hmm. Is it the one with uh, Kevin Costner? No. <sighs> it's Clint Eastwood. Even younger. And a new person. And less good. Charlie Sheen? Yeah. Uh, What's fuck. it called? What's One of Eastwood's movie worst movies. Uh, in that uh, it's just very forgettable. It's not called The Scout. No. It's it's called The Something, right? Yep. It's not called The Recruit. No, but it is an R. It's not called The Rookie. It's The Rookie. Really? That's Weird. what it's called. Weird. Uh, one of the Eastwoods I haven't seen. Number four is yeah. the best picture winner of the year. Of 1990. This is your boy. This is your boy. You just said his name. I just said his name? Eastwood? What? What did I say his name? That's Literally, your boy? You just said his name. Eastwood your is your boy? No, Eastwood's not his boy. When did I say his name? Just five seconds ago, you were trying to guess Eastwood's co-star. Oh, oh, Costner. It's Dances with Wolves. Dances with I'm Wolves. sorry. Oh. It's my best friend. He was in a movie with Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. I high five Kevin Costner and they cut it out. <laughs> But the gift lives forever. <laughs> Good. I do it for the gifts. I read that's the one thing I write into my contract. I do yeah, it for the you gotta gifts. be a gift. You gotta yeah. become a gift. You gotta get a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta get a gift. Number girl. five is a sequel to one of the highest grossing films of a of a few years ago. Jurassic comedy. No, no, no. Very, very. 
High concept comedy. Yeah, totally high concept. Three men and a little lady. Three men and a little lady. And a little lady. Yes. <laughs> was that one directed by Nimoy as well? No. Nimoy's out. He's not interested. It is anymore. weird that Spock directed the highest grossing film of a year. Yeah. He made three like hits and then he made three weird movies and then that was that. Yeah, that Gene Wilder movie that he made is like Very a weird. disaster. Yep. Like the last movie Gene Wilder ever did. Uh Leonard Nimoy. Uh yeah, so that's it. Yeah. We're done. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I mean, what's to say? Edward Scissorhands, we stand a legend. Yeah. Um, Johnny Depp, send us some wine, right? Sure. Yeah. He's looking to, like, kick some of the collection. Johnny Depp, seek help and be publicly accountable for your please, sins. Please. Yes. Do you think Tim Burton and Wes Anderson like each other? You know, I had that Because I've always had, like, this. Yeah. It, they've always been, like, the sun and the moon to me. Uh, yes, yes, yes. One, uh, you know, the the pink to the black, the the very like decided aesthetic. Sure, it's an interesting question. It's a, they're the they're the they're two sides of the same coin, and they're both fundamentally comedy directors, which I think people sometimes lose track of. That like mm. comedy is the main thing they're interested in, but they can also make dioramas together. Right. The big difference yes. is that like. Wes Anderson has just become like more and more analog, like moving backwards, retro technique. And Mr. Tim Burton is a green screen on top of right. a screen, green right. screen. Right. Yeah. Yes. He green screens, green screens into green screens. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also now, like, he doesn't seem to generate his own stuff anymore. Like, he sits around and waits for someone to be like Dumbo, and he's like, fine. Yeah. Okay. You know, whereas Wes Anderson's like, he's, he's cracking open that notebook every time. Right. Coming right. up with something new. His monogram notebook. Uh, his his very carefully monogrammed <laughs> notebook. Yeah. Um, where just I guess to sort of speed round. I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot with this, mm. but uh, the the reason I knew about the Colleen Atwood thing mm-hmm. that you were such a big fan is because your favorite movie the last couple of years was uh, uh, Huntsman: Winter's War. Yes. My favorite costumes too. Right. Is that an Atwood? That I was saw an Atwood. that movie. I reviewed was it? that movie. Yes. Yes. Uh, the, uh, that was a movie that was costumes first. Right. Yeah. Right. That was, you kept on going bananas about the poster campaign for that movie. Yes. Because they had a lot of individual Queen of Vice versus posters. Queen of Snow. Right. Queen, Queen of Vice versus Queen of Gold. Yeah. Right, right. Queen the of Vice versus Queen, Queen of Gold. And right. I, and I love that it wasn't a battle of the elements necessarily because one was ice and the other one was gold. Right, right. It so was, it wasn't it fire and ice. It right, wasn't right. silver and gold. No, it right. was ideologies. One of them <laughs> represented ideologies. the idea of snow. And uh, have you seen this film? I have not. I have seen this oh, film. Oh my god, it is... It's crazy. The, the, the logic, it's it's a, both a prequel and a sequel to the Snow right. White it movie. Right, it opens like in media That's rest, so but then you go weird. back to but like when she was still around. And the... Because uh, isn't Charlize only in like 10 minutes of it? She's only like right she, at the beginning and the end, basically. She's at the beginning and the end, crazy. which are the best, because that's when the queens are there. Right. And, a lot of it is the just... The fighting queens. Yes. The geez. fighting queens is good. The fighting queens Chastain is great. Chastain and... I completely forgot Hemsworth. that Chastain and Hemsworth are in that. Right. Movie. They have a lot of it where they're both like soldiers on either side of the doesn't, war. Doesn't Chastain kind of play Merida from Brave? Sure, she's, she's like a warrior. She's like right. a Celtic yeah. warrior right. type. Yeah, she's got like these two weird curved but swords. Because that was my takeaway from the movie was like, all- oh, the first one's obviously riffing on Snow White, and this one feels like they're now riffing on Brave and Frozen. It's it's a perfume commercial turned into <laughs> an action film. Sure. <laughs> and it is so funny. The uh, Charlize Theron comes out of. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, well, uh, Emily Blunt is looking at herself in the mirror as the Queen of Ice. 
And she goes, mirror, mirror in the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And then Charlize Theron comes out of the mirror and goes, does this answer your question? (laughs) (laughs) And then Queen of Eyes asks Queen of Gold... I love that they're exclusively called they have names. Queen of Eyes as Queen of Gold. But sister, are you dead? And the Queen of Gold goes, not dead, <laughs> but not alive. Just somewhere in between. And you can tell that the that the creators of the film don't know the answer. Sure. <laughs> they right. do not right. know the answer. Right. So crazy. I don't think that film had a script or anything. Like, like you said, it was just they designed right. costumes. It was gorgeous and visual effects. It was right. the most exactly. beautiful. <laughs> it was and they were like, look, this will yeah. cut together. It's the most expensive herald ever made. Improv, yeah. Um, also, they the the uh, Queen of Ice's wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I I read or saw uh-huh. that uh, she was meant to look soft and hard at the same time. <laughs> uh, in in a very like scissor hands yeah. kind of way yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like she's uh she is a queen and she's beautiful but she's also like this kind of like warrior yes so she wears right. a lot of like chain mail skirts sure uh scissor anyway. feet yeah um are there any other just before we wrap up sort of like Burton style icons that you want to like pinpoint throughout the rest of the filmography are there other Burton looks that like have stood out to you over the years other Burton looks I I mean anything that becomes uh, the Halloween costume, the hollow like right. Beetlejuice sure. is like wow, just like wild hair and stripes. Yeah, and you're, pro, that, you're pro stripes, and the not normally, but I, I I just thought that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, th- thank you so much for being on the show. Thank yeah. you. I'm so glad for we made this. it happen. Yeah. Uh, you you you've been like uh out of the country filming, and we we like yeah. got you like just in time, just in time because you're going somewhere. I'm I'm going on a little vacay. Great. On a little vacay. Good for you. Thank He's you. going on a vacay. That means, fans, listen. Oh. That Glass is going to post a little late on the 20th. That's the thing that it means. Yeah. We have seen Glass already. I'm now going on a trip, and right when I land, we're going to record the it. episode. You're going on a trip to process Glass, and then you'll... Right. Yeah. But I'll give you my hot take. David, I'll let you say the hot take. No. Well, Glasterpiece? It's a Glasterpiece. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. I think most people will, have already posted. will disagree with us. Most people are, other film critics are angry with me and keep saying things like, explain yourself. Anytime we, I'm like, I liked it. I thought it was good. They thought we were trolling them. <laughs> right. They thought wow. we were just kidding. We were genuinely effusive. Like, I was like grinning ear to ear at the end of the movie, like riding a high. I was chanting yeah, M. Like Night. Queen of Queen of Gold for I me. felt I'm like, like that. I, Perfect, I felt perfect I, movie. Yes, that's what I felt like. Yeah, I went. This is a glasterpiece. Yeah. Right. And I felt that when I saw Valerian and the City of a Thousand <sighs> Planets. I mean, th- don't get this guy started. I, I saw it. I was I was away. I was in in Scotland, and I and I hadn't read anything about the critical reception or the box office for Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. And I go in hoping for the best, and I come out and think. Timeless classic. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's sure. what it is. I yeah. come out and think, perfect. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. perfect. And then it's I read movie. that everyone hated it. Not me. Like, what? David put it on his top 10 of the year. I did. Uh, and I raved it in the pages of The Atlantic, which yeah. was founded by Ralph Waldo Emerson and Harriet Beecher Stowe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then later I wrote about Valerian. Yeah, they died for your sins. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Los Spookies will be premiering sometime this year. Oh, sometime this year, supposedly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and you're 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 one of the best in the biz. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. You are too. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, are two you two people are best in the biz? Yes, yes. And uh, David is also the no, best in the biz. Everyone is yeah. the best. Another the person biz. who's the best in the biz is producer Ben, aka the Benducer, aka the Poet Laureate, aka the Haas, aka Mr. Positive, aka Mr. Positive, aka the Peeper, aka Hello Fennel, oh. Fart Detective, Meat Lover, Smoking Wet Benny, White Hot Benny. These are all my nicknames. You could, oh, you okay. could go. Graduate I've been over the course of different miniseries. Oh, um, such as so down the hallway. Yeah. Kylo the Ben. code is 213. 213. Yeah. I'll be right back. Producer Ben Kenobi, Ben Ben Say, Save Anything, dot, dot, dot. Aliens with the dollar sign. Warhaz, Purdue Bane, Ben 19, the Fennel Maker. Really insightful. Uh, Robo Haas, yeah. Mr. Ben Credible. Am I forgetting one? Um, ben Glish, obviously. You drink Ben Hosley. Is yeah, in I'm, there. I'm right. And then I'm just trying to run through the memory. Yeah, Who else have we covered? It's Angley. Yeah, and then guys, oh, the Haas Day, of course. And then we don't have the Tim Burton. Like Emily was telling me your oh, nickname. Circle? Yeah, yeah, I mean. Well, hey, humble brag. Yeah? What am I humble bragging? New York Film Critics. I'm a member. Hey, you know what? What? Thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to for Gudo for our social media. Joe Bone and Pat Rounds for our artwork. Lay Montgomery for our theme song. Go to blankies.rat.com for some real nerdy shit. Go to T Public for some real nerdy shirts. Uh, remember to sign up for uh, Blank Check special features. Our Patreon show at patreon.com backslash blank check. And as always. Cause, oh, yeah, because we got new stuff coming out soon. New merch. New merch. New merch. Announced next week. Announced next week. Preview. Uh, episode 200. Can you imagine 200 of these? 200. We're breaking some glass for episode 200. We are breaking glass, but it'll come out a little late. It'll come out late on Sunday, early yeah. Monday. Right. Yes. That's just because of vacation scheduling. It won't Let be typical. Me so vacay. all you friggin' nerds, okay, hold on to your hammers. Don't be sliding and messaging me and yelling at me. It'll be out. Let me vacay, please. And as always. Uh, all set. Every, We're all uh, set. Do you have it pulled up? Do I have it? No. What yeah. do you want me to pull up? Go to go to IMDb. All right. I'm going to do some quote from the movie. Okay. It's going to be stupid. I butcher a quote. That's quote. how I open the oh, show got it. every okay. episode. So you have to say you could have gone up there, you could still go. And then you say, how do you know he's still alive? Oh, my God. Let me just get in the character quickly. I'm trying to channel. Can you imagine you're wearing 40 pounds of prosthetic makeup. I don't know if it's 40 It wasn't pounds. bad makeup. I think it's really good. Yeah. It's good It wasn't bad makeup at all. I remember. Uh, well, I'll save this. I'll save this. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Sure. And really feel the character. Uh-huh.